Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello and welcome to Vavil Newcastle's very first podcast. This is Time Warp where we are going to be taking a look back at some of Newcastle United's best matches over the recent years. Every week I'll be your host Aaron Heindorf and I'll be joined by one of either Liam Ryder or Alex Storey who are both writers for the Babel Newcastle office at the minute and we'll also be joined by one guest every week, a fan of the opposition to give their points of view and today we are joined by Liam and Jasmine Barbar. Jasmine is an editor at Betfair full-time and also fan and from London. <coughs> And Liam is a Newcastle writer, and do you work for Whitby Town, is it? Yeah, yeah, I'm a local club, basically. Sometimes more enjoyable to watch than Newcastle, funny yeah. enough, but, um, <laughs> you know, see how it goes. Yeah, so we're just going to get straight into it. So it wasn't a great week for Newcastle leading up to this. So the number nine, Andy Carroll, the Liverpool on deadline day for £35 million. And we're left with Leon Best up front, the man who was never taught the offside rule in his life. And then it was made even worse when thousands of people hadn't even got to their seats. And Theo Walcott had put Arsenal 1-0 up after 44 seconds. And I just remember it being a whirlwind kind of first few minutes, not kind of just hoping the score got kept down as low as possible. We just couldn't touch the ball really. Uh, and what were your thoughts on the first five, ten minutes? That was horrendous. Well, as you say there, horrendous. Um, you know, I'm like watching it back on the uh, the stream that Newcastle put out on their Saturday. I didn't realise how bad we were and how all over the place we were. And to see a score, you know, it's sort of 1-0, 2-0, then 3-0 before long. And then the fourth was kind of one of those where it was just coming. Newcastle really, really weren't creating anything at all. So it was... Um, literally a disaster and something that could have got even worse if we'd have given Arsenal an even better of a chance of getting more goals there, I think. Jasmine? Um, yeah, again, it was such an odd time to be... The thing is, I think I was quite ready for 
Arsenal heartbreak leading up to this match because mm-hmm. that's what you're trained to be as an Arsenal fan. Yeah. Heartbreak. Every game, no matter how comfortably ahead you are, if you see one turning point in that match, you can think, all right, that's it. It's gone now. Yeah. And even at 4-0, you can just be like, I'm still scared. And I guess me at the time, even though it was nine years ago, seeing how we were, I was still scared. I Even after two... Nothing, can, nothing good comes from Johan Juru scoring in the third minute. That doesn't yeah. happen. <laughs> that was very weird when he popped up with the goal. Um, nothing good can come from replacing him with Squilacci oh, at yeah. half time. <laughs> yeah. You know, so um, yeah, I mean, it's our our attack was blistering, and it was and it showed in that first twenty six minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's it's always it Arsenal always play against themselves and. As much as you can give credit for Newcastle making such a big comeback, it is always Arsenal play against themselves in, in this kind of situation. Yeah, because you think three of the goals that we scored, two were penalties and one came from a free kick. Is so it too early to launch into Phil Dowd? Oh, no, it's, you want, it's never do, too do, early do, for that. Um, I think it was one of the worst refereeing performances I've ever seen in my life and that's me coming into this in quite a neutral way (laughs) it was like trying to give us the decisions because you know we were getting battered by Arsenal it was kind of like he wanted us to get back into it in a way I I just no right referee can see what the tackle the the tackle that happened on Diaby I, I probably would have agreed. Diaby should have been sent off for his reaction. That is obviously a red card. But the tackle is so bad that he, I don't even... I think at the time, he didn't even give a foul for that tackle, which is just bizarre. And you like we talk about it all the time, especially with VAR and 50-50 challenges. It comes up every other week now and I it's still to get for him to get off with that and then to be given two penalties when Joey Barton is the biggest villain of one of the biggest villains in English football like it's still to this day bizarre yeah I never realized how bad that tackle from Barton actually was until I watched it on Saturday like I didn't realize he's like He's had two feet around Diaby's legs off the floor. And you have to remember, Diaby had his leg broken, well, yeah. suffered a long-term injury from a similar tackle. Mm-hmm. And it it wasn't just that one incident. It had happened just before half-time where Jerry Barton nipped at him. Yeah. So Diaby was getting more and more wound up, and that one absolutely took the biscuit. Yeah. And even... Phil Dowd is an awful referee at the best of times mm-hmm. and that match it just it completely blew blew me away at how poor it really was yeah it was like he just felt sorry for Newcastle like he just wanted to give them a few decisions to make them feel a bit better but, uh, it worked it yeah it ended up working <laughs> so I won't, I won't complain anymore about it 
I, uh, I'm pretty sure one of the penalties isn't a penalty as well, but yeah. because it was nine yeah. years ago, I'm struggling to remember. The second it's, penalty. Yeah, Mike yeah. Williamson, when he's literally like, he's in the air and goes down, it's like, he hadn't even got touch really. And it's I like, I just, how many times has Mike Williamson even fouled in the yeah, box? It's, 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 yeah. uh, touched them ever so slightly on his back and he fell down. <laughs> And got it. Yeah. It's it's honestly I mean the I'll we'll probably go into this a little bit more, but the Czech T eighteen goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's something Arsenal give up like every other month. They've given away so many goals of the season. Yeah. That it's it's just unbelievable that if you give someone that kind of distance and space against mm-hmm. Arsenal, you know if you just launch it long range, it will go in. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who it is or what team you play, it will go in. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was the first bit. Obviously, um, I remember something else I remember was how good Van Persie was that day. His movement was just unbelievable. For, I think it was the first goal where he nipped in at the near post. He just got in between Collegini and Williamson. I know it wasn't hard, but... <laughs> It was he was just amazing, but Walcott as well. That was, he always seems to play well against us, and we got a hat trick and we got beat. I think it was seven three. That game, another mad one. Yeah. You uh, could just do a whole series on Arsenal Newcastle mad yeah. games because mm-hmm. I think there's there's at least four. Oh, there's loads in present future. It's ridiculous. Uh, and then obviously, like we said before, Johan Juru somehow. Managed to score. It was very <laughs> a bad very omen. Uh-huh. Wasn't that it's like a... one of his first goals for the club? It might be, but he yeah. was uh, he was around for quite a while. Yeah, I've I've accidentally met him while working in retail. He's a lovely guy. <laughs> I, I think people people realise how nice he is because of his Instagram posts. I yeah. think he was really. Like pro banger and stuff like that recently. Very anti um, Arsenal fan TV. Um, <laughs> yeah, but at the time he, I don't. He probably came off with an injury because it's prime time Arsenal. It's prime time Johan Juru. Mm-hmm. I think the only other defender who got more injured than him at the time was, or just before, was uh, Senderos. So to. to that was probably the start of the end when we replaced him with Sebastian Squilacci. Yeah, so... he, was, he was definitely not a good defender, if you can call him a defender. No. He's, it's, been... he's very bad. It's something that Arsenal haven't had for years, though, isn't it? A really strong central defender, I think. I can't say... I think, it's, you have to go back quite a while to think of a really strong centre-half, I think, for Arsenal. Lauren Koscielny? Yeah, he's... I guess he's, like, the only one, isn't he? And then, like... People now even look at Socrates. It's like you know he's a really good defender, but is he has he really shown his full potential I think, yet? I think, I think you're being quite nice to him, saying he's quite good. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's... that's what Arsenal fans did get a bit excited. I think a few of them. I'm convinced I saw some were a bit like when he signed, thinking, oh, you know, that's that's the sort of player we need. But he hasn't really think... met the hype. I think it's been quite a hard time to try and define anything in that way for Arsenal because when he signed, it, we were buying all of Dortmund, Dortmund senior team for some reason, like the veterans. 
and then he just I mean I don't know there was a really bad spell from him under Emery at, at the beginning of the season but I think David Luiz has really stepped up and I could would go I would go as far to say he is a good central defender he is a very good central defender but um I don't think you can take that at face value at the moment for anyone. Yeah, I think there was a reason Dortmund were happy for uh, Socrates to leave. But uh, it it's shown with David Luiz, you don't win Premier League titles starting as a centre-back if you're not a good defender. To be, uh, especially in a Conte side that is very defensive. Mm. So and, and, yeah, also just Emery. Can, can we, I just want to drive that home. Unai Emery, and then, yeah. <laughs> so that was 3 0. Uh, what was the fourth? Oh, fourth was Van Persie's header. Again, I just remember sitting in the ground at 4 0 and the Mount of Peel just leaving. It was like it was like the 90th minute and we were getting beat 4 0. It was, it was like a mass exodus of people. There must have been a good few thousand. That left, and then the rest of the sec the first half was just Arsenal like toying with her. It was awful. I'm having to watch. Um, and then obviously it gets to half time. Fiftieth um, minute, uh, Diaby, uh, like we said, gets that uh, questionable tackle from Joey Barton. And reacts in probably the worst way, grabbing them by the neck and pushed them to the floor before then pushing Sorry. Kevin Nolan as well. <laughs> Sorry, it's just him pushing Kevin Nolan as well. It always makes me laugh. Yeah, he then pushed Kevin Nolan. And from the when the stream did on Saturday, you can see Kevin Nolan tells him to wait for him in the tunnel after the game. So I would have loved to have known what happened. Uh, if that ended up happening, it would be quite a good fight, I think. I mean, for Newcastle, that was just that midfield was sort of it just seemed fiery. Joey Barton and Kevin Nolan as a midfield duo was kind of like you just I don't know I don't know what to make of it really. It's almost like it, on paper it makes a really poor team and ill-disciplined, but for some reason it seemed to to work in in that game in particular as well. It seemed to actually work for us in our favour. Yeah, they were very feisty. They always had a booking in in them, both of them. Uh, but that tackle that Barton put in was a Joey Barton tackle that you would have seen many times and put in. Uh, to say he's a hothead would probably be a slight understatement, I would say. <laughs> it's uh, it's one of those that any other game he possibly wouldn't even get away with, but for whatever reason, yeah. this one he did, and it, it's like, you know, how? And it, it was almost a frustrated tackle in a way, you know, 4-0 down, I'm just going to fly in and see what happens, and... Yeah actually came off again in his favour and helped Newcastle somewhat. Yeah. Like Jasmine I... said, it, was, um, it wasn't even given as a free kick at all. Like The game was still being played. I don't... I still don't understand. And this is why I am so... And I mean this as a neutral. Like, the referees do need to be held for account. Remember at the time how poor that tackle was. Knowing what happened to... Um, Eduardo in 2008 knowing what happened to Diaby which made him react in that sort of way um, that 
I've just, I'm still baffled by it. I remember this game specifically remembering match of the day and no one talks about the tackle and it was definitely it was borderline red card I think you could argue that it was a red and it didn't even be for it to not be given as a free kick is just angers me to this day I think if that tackle happened now it would definitely be a red card whether that be original decision or by the changing it, because it was two-footed off the ground. I've probably seen less given as a red card. Oh, yeah, definitely. Thanks to, thanks to VAR. Yeah, it was a... So that was a turning point, to say the least. But then, I think Newcastle didn't get a goal for until the 68th minute. That Yeah, that's something I didn't realise. I thought we'd got at least one back earlier on than we did but then I was like yeah, yeah. Are we actually, actually going to score <laughs> when's, yeah. when's his first goal going to go in eh? and it took longer than what I remember Yeah, with the came... help of the referee oh, sorry did I say that out loud <laughs> but I think the first one was uh, Leon Best uh, had the ball and then Koscielny was just too eager to get the ball and like tripped them up basically I would say the first one was a penalty Mm. Uh, but at the time it, it didn't look like it was going to matter no one really seemed to care that much either but then it, the players. it was interesting though because the crowd did actually lift after that didn't they it was almost yeah, like they, they felt um, Arsenal down to 10 we've got Agor back you know, what can we yeah. do here mm-hmm. let's then, be uh, honest though hold on the, sorry the, your fans and I just the crazy I think Newcastle fans and Wolves fans are um, among the craziest in the league, or like any English league, when they're in top flight, especially when they're in top flight. When I went to the Arsenal Newcastle game at home this season, that you were you were topless in like zero degree weather. Yeah. It, it, you could be like five nil down, and you're still you're treating it like a festival. It's so I can see, I can probably remember you were probably still celebrating. I know half of your fans left at half time, mm-hmm. but the ones that are there are hardcore, like no other. Yeah, that that happens quite a lot of away games. <laughs> it, just, it just seems like when it's hot and you're in a away game, no one takes that top off. But then when it's freezing, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's very, a very strange bunch of fans. Uh, so yeah, I remember the penalty Barton took it and kind of chipped it down the middle, kind of. Didn't he only took one step, I think, to take it, and then he tried to get the ball back off Chesney and probably could have like, been sent off again. That was a talking point there as well, wasn't it? With uh, I mean, it was the end. It was Chesney got booked again. It's like yeah, Arsenal oh. just getting hard done by in every single decision. It felt yeah. like I think it was Kevin Nolan got him in a headlock. And threw him on the floor because he wouldn't give him the ball back. <laughs> and then the keeper gets booked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I absolutely forgot that moment. Yeah. Jesus, yeah. Yeah, see, this is why I was thinking there were several reasons why I wasn't going to send Phil Dowd a Christmas card, and I completely <laughs> forgot that one. Yeah, it was. I remember the linesman was obviously standing in line with uh, the post. And uh, it was right in front of him. Like, Chesney landed at his feet. And the linesman just didn't do anything. Amazing when you watch it back. (laughs) I don't understand. But, like, this is 
this is the reason why I can't watch old matches like this. It's like <laughs> the Arsenal, the 49th unbeaten when we lost to Man United and Pizzagate happened. And you watch <laughs> some of those decisions and you're like, what, what on earth was the referee thinking, really? Yeah, Did they not it. see? Is there a bet on? Like, and it was the same for this match. I, I just, yeah, I'm still angry. It's been nine <laughs> years. I'm still angry. Yeah, it was. Um, it's really strange watching it back, and you're just like, how did we get away with some of that stuff? It was. Uh, it was uh, interesting, to say the least. And then uh, I mean, we got a goal disallowed before the second one. Yeah, Leon Best, wasn't it? Offside again, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah, yeah, uh, couldn't yes. stay onside. Yeah. <laughs> but he was actually probably about three, four yards onside. Uh, Just imagine. Yeah, Leon Best was onside for once and his goal got disallowed. It was <laughs> ridiculous. But then he did score in the... Oh, it was in the 75th minute. Uh, and he went ahead it and headed it off Clichy's back. Uh, fell straight to his feet and he just poked it underneath Chesney's legs. So he only got lucky goals, I think. Oh yes, I think he only scored about five or six goals or something, and he got a hat trick in one game. <laughs> Was that like in, in the league cup or something <laughs> against no, uh, a lower I'm, league team? <laughs> I but yeah, uh, he got a hat trick against West Ham at home. Remember? Yeah. I didn't go because mm. I was unwell, and it was really annoying. <laughs> and he missed yeah. Leon Best proud yeah. moments. Yeah. So he got one back. Uh, it's four two. You're thinking, like, still not really, like, thinking you're gonna come back. So it's like, haven't got much longer left, and we just didn't have that many good players going forward. And you always felt like Arsenal could get another one. Uh, and then it got to eighty third minute when Rosicky pushed. If you can call it a push. <laughs> Uh, Mike Williamson in the back, and he went down amazingly uh, and got a penalty. Much to the amusement of uh, Kashelny, it was. Uh, yeah, anything to say on that incident? Soft. <laughs> very, very soft. It was the softest thing. Like, I just, I, I. Oh, why did I de- agree to talk about this match? It invokes <laughs> such painful memories, um, angry memories. Um, it, it, it was, it, I think the whole match had been such a joke from a officiating standpoint that I think I'd just seen it all at that point. And I was like, well, I know what's going to happen. They're going to somehow come back to draw a win. And... And it's just Joey Barton taking them as well. It's just that salt in the wound, really. Yeah, I, I, it's not. It's never a penalty. It's, no. it, it's, it's basically a dive. It's basically cheating. And you know, but in the way that game was going, and we were allowing more pressure, whether it was down to going down to ten men or having Squillachi at the back or Clichy just not being very good that um you know and we had brought on a buoy at the point of that second yeah. and that was like towards the end of a buoy so it was just we were trying to compensate for Diaby not 
playing, mm-hmm. but we didn't really have a Diaby um a Diaby substitute really. Yeah. No one to kind of control the game in the middle. Uh we tried with Rosicki instead of Arshavin, but that didn't really work. Yeah. It it wasn't really the same as having someone who is him in in the team and you could see as I said Arsenal even to this day the culture is Arsenal normally play against themselves and not against the opposition mm-hmm. so as soon as that red card happened and then the penalty happened you know we started to lose our way and lose control that you still see today yeah because that penalty again it was barring took one step again put it down the middle but Chesney got a leg to it uh, and it just hit the roof of the net, I remember. Uh, like a bit of heart in the mouth moment when you saw it hit his leg, thinking he'd saved it. Uh, and then um, like Kevin Nolan and Bart went to get the ball again. But uh, Chesney threw it away very quickly this time. It was There wasn't to be another wrestling match this time. And then finally, the last act was the 87th minute. Well, not the last act, actually. Big point that everyone remembers really was another Rosicki foul on a Barton, which was again soft. I think very, definitely very soft, <laughs> yeah. soft, soft. You, you watch it back, Not you can see foul. Barton uh, looks where Rosicki's coming and falls into him, and then it got whipped in, cleared. Uh, Arsenal players all sprinting out, and it just felt the the man that had never scored a goal for the club on his weak foot. Fallen very high from the sky and just absolutely thumped one into the bottom corner. It's unbelievable. It <laughs> the goal is unbelievable. It mm-hmm. is a cracking goal. I kind of wish it wasn't against my team that I have to be reminded of it all the time. Um, but the whole game for a neutral is everything that you want. There's no. You've got a red card. You've got two penalties. You've got basically fighting and a massive comeback, and a basically a goal in the season to equalise it. But it's my team, and I feel like crying. <laughs> yeah, it was just yeah. an absolutely ridiculous goal. It's just one of those, and it? it's like it. It's a sort of game where you have the big comeback, and it almost you have to you save the best till last. Almost, I think, in terms of the the best goal is yeah. the one that's the most meaningful, really. In the end, that that big equaliser, and it was just pandemonium. I think after after that went in, yeah. I think um, after that went in, we just went. We're not coming back from that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there was a lot of in, incidents where we went. We're not coming back, and that's why the comeback happened, but that goal just kind of last last nail into it. Yeah, but I just remember it fell to his left foot and he just, he could only catch it how we did for it to go in. The fact that it curled away to the left, right into the side net and passed Chesney before he'd even had a chance to dive. And uh, when you watch it back, you can just tell he doesn't know how to celebrate. Just Steve Harper doesn't have to celebrate. That's the yeah. the funny bit with that celebration now, isn't it? Yeah. Steve Harper just lying down next to him as you do, you know, doesn't know what he's doing. I remember Leon Best was out for like four weeks after that because Steve Harper does an elbow drop on the pylon and Leon Best <laughs> does his hamstring. 
from the elbow. <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> um, but he like elbows him, and Leon Best falls off the pile off, and he's like limping about. It's amazing. I talked about salt rubbing into wounds, but another one which probably goes unnoticed is Niall Ranger played oh, in that yeah. match. Yeah. That bench, the bench, the uh, the bench was painful to look at. Overall, we had no players. It was literally it was a start eleven, and the bench was just probably some under twenty threes and now and all sorts. It was like, who are these people? You didn't even know who half of them were, really. Yeah, Niall Range. I came on and played quite a bit as well. Yeah, he came on in the seventy third minute. He came on <laughs> when it was four one. Oh, Niall Ranger inspired comeback. Who would have thought it? Who didn't? Oh God. <laughs> I, I I I almost vomited in my mouth. For that. <laughs> I remember being at the ground, um, at the game, and when that felt the Toyota and everyone out and shoot, it was one of those where I was thinking, no, don't shoot, like get it back out wide the ball and cross it back in, and then when he hit it and just going absolutely mental. Uh, way he celebrated was a uh, like right in front of where I sit. I sit like six from the front. It was like, he just like ran, he kept running, he kept running, and then seemed to just run out of energy and just collapse. Oh, it was honestly one of the best feelings I've ever had at a football match. I mean, we went close to winning, didn't we, as well? Kevin Nolan having a, a good chance after yeah. that as well. It yeah, went it was just in the 90th wide. minute when uh, Niall Ranger knocked it down. Uh, Kevin Nolan like caught it on the half volley. Uh, it literally went like an inch wide of the post. I think yeah. it's one of the greatest games to not be televised. It was a it was a Saturday three o'clock. I know. Like, can you imagine? Like, I I remember listening to it on the radio, and because oh, I was nineteen, I wasn't going to travel up to Newcastle. I wasn't mm-hmm. that kind of fan at the time mm-hmm. um i wasn't a super fan <laughs> but um i just i imagine in this day and age something like that happening like normally tv corporations kind of have a feel of what's gonna be like that to mm-hmm. have it on a televised kickoff but um it just I, it just boggles my mind that that was a three o'clock kickoff yeah. it, it's such a talked about match Mm-hmm. That you know you don't normally see anymore. Yeah, that's I then, think there. that's one of the reasons why uh, majority of our games now against the big six are generally always on telly now. I think. I mean, interestingly, you said about it not being on TV. They put it on the season after, and it finished nil nil. Typically, <laughs> it's like, how does that happen? How do you go from four one season to nil nil the next? trying to remember 2011 i remember that game and just like seeing us i think we were still in it for a little bit for the title run Mm -hmm. and we had to get there was a team we played at home i think we drew nil nil it was something like a bolton and and i was on the train back i wasn't at the match but the fans were and Mm -hmm. i didn't know the score but you could feel it did not end in an Arsenal win. Yeah, it just felt different. <laughs> it, it felt sad. I was like, well, that's us out of it then, I'm guessing. Any last thoughts on the game that you just want to say? Phil Dowd should never be 
if I could go back in time and make sure Phil Delves was never a referee, then maybe we would have won a title more recently. I still, I still do, do not like him or or the referees association. You are disgraced to your association, as Mr. Fenger would say. Is Phil um, Dowd still a referee? No, I think no. he. I think he's <laughs> packed it now. I mean, I don't know how many more I games he's refereed so. after that. <laughs> yeah. It was still quite a few. He was still around for a couple of years, yeah. at least. Then before they all merged into one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Liam, any last thoughts from Newcastle perspective? It's just, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's just a game that's very poignant, I think, and especially now with the Teote thing, and obviously, you know, with him passing away a few years back, it's like everyone just remembers him for that goal. Yeah. And it, it's got a lot more. I think it's got a bit more personal that game as well now, from his part of view. That, that's what people remember him for. His, his finest moment, and obviously, you know, he had that goal against Man City that was another screamer. No, that should have stood. Yeah, not a shouldn't have been ruled out, but that's that's what everyone remembers Teote for now, and it's one of the. It probably is one. It has to be up there, one of the best ever Premier League games of all time. You got to oh. say, if not, I don't know. There's been a few decent ones over the years, but I don't know how many more. That's that's the best comeback uh, result, certainly. I yeah, I have to so. agree, even for an Arsenal fan, especially with that poignant memory of Jack Teote. Mm-hmm. It is, I mean. It wasn't the defining factor of our season, of that season. So it's quite memorable, even though even more in a bad way. It it does re- represent such a big part of the Premier League. And it's quite a lovely, from a neutral perspective, quite a lovely feeling. Yeah, I think it's even better that that was his only ever goal he scored for. So I think people remember it like so fondly of him. And that, well, another thing as well, just to say about Teoto, I didn't realize how good a player he was until watching that game back actually on oh. Saturday. It's like, you no, know, it's just spraying the ball around everywhere. And it's like I, I never associate him with that sort of play, but it turns out that's that's what he was about really. And it, yeah, you know, he's probably one of our unsung heroes almost. You know, where he's remembered for the goal, but his overall play as well. He's you know was a really good player. He was an absolute machine, especially when uh. When he was playing with Kabai, uh, those two were just unbelievable together. There have been some good memories for me and Liam. Uh, yeah, maybe not, <laughs> not so good for Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, maybe not so Don't good worry, for I'll replace them with the even more bad memories. Yeah, I'm sure that's plenty. <laughs> We've got too many bad memories, so it's good to look back at a, at a positive one for a change. I hope you all enjoyed this very first episode of Time War, and we hope you will tune in for the next episode, looking back at some more great memories with Newcastle United. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.